Hey, hey, Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. I did rebound from the goose egg, but uh, still trailing. We'll see what happens tonight. We all have the Raiders game tonight. Morales so we'll get- is so right, George. He's so right. Greg has sent us 19, 11, 50 oh different, different incarnations of what's supposed to happen. Yeah. yeah. Last I checked, it felt as if, I don't know. Like, he was making it up as he was going along. I mean, he talked about, oh, I got an Excel sheet, a spreadsheet. It should do it. And, you know, it, it can't do the math. I don't even know what to tell you. Basically, I just was screwing up. I was screwing up. That's the reason why he's in radio, because math is too hard. Right. Clearly. Clearly, that's Clearly. the case. Greg, Clearly. do you have anything to say for yourself before we get into what's important, which is Anthony Davis's shot? I Basically, I just screwed up Laura's total. Okay, perfect. Just uh, what I thought. A big, big monster moment. For this Lakers team, LZ, I can't express how huge a win that was because, look, we've seen this movie before. Team up 16 on the Denver Nuggets, and bad things happen to team that's up 16 points. Anthony Davis channeled his inner Kobe and even yelled it, so much so that he talked about Kobe Bryant's influence after the game. Hey, Anthony, after you hit the shot, it looked like on the video that you mouthed Kobe. Uh, not sure if that was actually the case, but I uh, wanted to ask you your, your feeling and, and just to take us through that moment. Um, I did. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we're wearing the jerseys. Um, he, he's hit countless uh, shots like that, you know, to win games, um, regular season playoffs, finals. Um, So there you go. Mike Trudell asking him that question. He channeled his inner Kobe. The Lakers won for a third time wearing the Black Mamba uniforms, LZ. The world is back on its access. And by the way, the Lakers now have control where at 1-1, you breathe life into that Nuggets team. Yeah, listen. We've been processing this as a sports community, as a Laker nation for Almost 24 hours. So I'm not going to get into, you know, the shot or, or, you know, what it meant for the series or anything like that because everyone knows. What I'm going to get into is the fact that this Laker team has so much talent that is not necessarily being respected. It's almost irritating to me now, George, to listen to the broadcast. It's almost irritating to me to listen to, like, the – you know, guys talk about who's on our roster during halftime or before or after games. You know, because they really characterize it as LeBron, AD, and a bunch of dudes. And it's not like that. We got dogs on this squad, too. And there's no greater dog, in my opinion, than Rajon Rondo, who essentially looked off someone in the conversation for greatest of all time to make what he felt was the better play. To your point, very few people, no one else on that roster has that kind of cachet as an inbounder or a passer to overlook, in essence, LeBron in that situation other than Rondo. Well, that is true. But what's also true is that they have a culture in that locker room where that sort of pass in that moment was acceptable and they weren't paralyzed by the dynamics. Mm-hmm. If this was any if this was a toxic locker room, if this was an ego-driven locker room, he's throwing an ill-advised pass to a double LeBron James in that situation 
because LeBron would have required him to make sure he got the last shot. Instead, they don't have that kind of locker room, George. They got the locker room where a, a made man with a chip like Rondo can be trusted to make the best play. This rock, when LeBron said we built different, this is what he's talking about. It's not just about the superstar play. It's about can you pass it to Steve Kerr in this moment and trust he's going to come through? It's can you pass it to Robert Ory or Derek Fisher in this moment and trust that he's going to come through? I think last night wasn't so much about what AD can do because real talk, we already know what AD can do. He's a top five player with a PER of among the all-time greats. We already knew what he could do. But what we didn't know was that we have a roster that's built up with a bunch of dogs that trust each other from the top down so that a LeBron James can be overlooked for another player in that situation in the postseason and it all be good. That yeah. is special, man. Well, what I would say, there is a difference between, and the way I would argue it is, there is a difference between having superstars – and guys who also know their role on the team, hence being a team full of role players. Now, look, sometimes that doesn't work out, LZ, but when you're the only team that has two top five players on your roster this season, it allows those role guys to really buy into what they're doing and really have to focus on what their job responsibilities are and maximize their potential in those particular roles. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that, in essence, is the epitome of what a team should be and what a team should strive to be. But I'll give even more props to Rondo in this situation. Lord knows over the last two seasons I haven't given all that many of them. But You've called them trash. Sorry. I mean, I don't know about trash. I don't think I went that far because I don't think recyclable. I Recyclable. You call I, them a recyclable. I don't like using that particular word when it comes to <laughs> players, but um, I, I did think that he was uh, – I thought he was done. You know what I mean? Like, And he looked done a lot of times here over the last two seasons. However, that has not been the case here. And what I'll say is – I'll add this. He asked to come in the game. He was not supposed right. to be the original inbounder. That's the thing that not enough people are talking about. You know, you and I clearly can talk about him, over, I mean, passing up LeBron. I don't want to say overlooking because that comes across the wrong way. But passing up a, shot, a pass to LeBron for Anthony Davis because he feels that Anthony Davis has got the better opportunity. But the fact that he went to Vogel and said, hey, I need to get in there. Give me the chance to inbound it. And Vogel's like, yeah, okay, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, because he's in the top 10 in all-time assists in the playoffs. Right. He's got a moniker that he didn't have to make up, <clears throat> Paul George. He's got a real moniker that other people made up for him right. in these moments. Yeah. He's proven it in these moments. He's looked KG and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen in the face, in addition to a, an Anthony Davis and a DeMarcus Cousins, and said, this is what you need to do. Like, he's just, he's different. Yeah. But well, I can't stress enough how important it is to have a locker room where you can have that kind of freedom. 
to do something like that without fear of repercussions because the fear of repercussions would cause you not to do that and make a bad pass. For the most part, these guys get along. Now, that's not to say that there's not infighting occasionally. That happens when you're with, uh, you know, in a, with a group of people. Listen, I, I hate Greg and Morales, but we still work. Right, exactly. Right? That's exactly. my point. Um, and look, I, I know that some people have been saying, oh, well, you know, the Mason Plumley situation really gave them an opportunity to – uh, hit that shot and blah, blah, blah. And here's what I would say. First of all, it, Mason Plumlee is getting blamed for stuff, and Richard Jefferson did a really good job on the jump today of highlighting this because everyone is just seeing that play being run. But what the jump showed today was right before that play was run is a shot of Mason Plumlee telling Jeremy Grant what he should be doing. And <laughs> then Jeremy Grant freezing really was the guy in that situation because Plumlee went to LeBron, which is it right. sounds like what they had communicated, and right. Grant did not go out to show against AD. Poor Jokic had to run all the way over from right. the inbound and still, by the way, had a good Made contest. Him. On, on that shot. So for all the talk about lucky because of the mishap on Denver, e even if you do believe it's lucky, okay? A and I would say, I say this a lot, LZ. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. However, luck is when opportunity meets preparation, which goes back to what I said about Rondo asking in for that particular situation. That is understanding opportunity and preparation. Absolutely, because I don't know who else would have been in that situation. Bron obviously wouldn't have been taking the ball out because, you know, he's Bron. He needs to be right. an option Maybe there. Danny Green, I guess. Maybe is... Danny Green. You right. know, heaven forbid it was Kuz or something like that. Right. No, no offense to Kuz, but, like, you're not a very good passer in that situation. Like, it's just – it is what it is. Um, for Rondo to know that in this important moment, he needed to make sure that a, a, the best decision was made and to trust that he was going to make it – is amazing. And for those people who are blaming, you know, Plumley, don't. Yeah. Don't. I mean, obviously. Look, sometimes a, better there, offense meets better defense. Yes. And there was a defensive breakdown. No, there's no doubt about it. But Anthony Davis hit a three-pointer over the outstretched arms of your best player yeah. with two seconds left and nailed the shot. For sure. Mason uh, Plumley wasn't going to change that outcome. For sure. And by the way, teams down 2-0. Um, in general, um, when they're down 0-2, have come back to only win 9.3% of the time. By the way, teams down 0-2 to LeBron teams have never won, just uh, so you know. Uh, coming up next, speaking of LeBron, why is this conference finals series different for LeBron? We'll get into that on the other side and the bond he's forming with AD. All coming up. Don't forget Jeannie Buss at 5 o'clock. She's going to stop by uh, the Lakers governor as we're going to be back in two minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. So down on LZ with you here at 710 ESPN. Jeannie Buss going to stop by in 30 minutes. We will chat with the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers after a big win up 2-0 against the Nuggets. Uh, LZ, before we get into you struggling clipping your toenails. It's a struggle, um, man. It's a, a real struggle. It, uh, the struggle is real, apparently. 
I wanted to get into why this conference final series is different for one LeBron Ramon James. And LeBron has played in 55 conference finals games, okay? And I don't know if he would have won that game last night if it weren't for a couple of things. One, they were playing the Nuggets. And two, Anthony Davis being the equalizer. If you look at LeBron James's great series, uh, or greatest series, uh, he's never averaged this poor a stat line. Again, this is all by his tremendous standards, right? Um, 20 and a half points per game, eight and a half rebounds, eight assists. The points particularly are the thing that are the lowest of his career in a conference finals series. So, but here's the deal. The rapport between these two, which we started to kind of allude to in that last segment, has just been incredible. And what I gather, and I've gathered this, and you and I have had these conversations before, but it really has been magnified, I think, more recently, is that they're both trying to help AD become the alpha he needs to be. And by both, I mean LeBron and AD. LeBron, LZ, is an active participant in AD's growth. He's literally and figuratively setting him up. Yeah, he, he is. And I'm going to say some things that may or may not, you know, give me great favor within the Anthony Davis camp, but I'm going to be honest. Um, there were real questions about whether or not he could be an alpha. He can assume the A, the Batman, the Superman role, if you will, mm-hmm. once LeBron either started to really decline or retire. And I, too, question that because, to me, there were a lot of times in which he felt I felt as if he was deferring or he was just absent altogether in games during the regular season. And I think that was really fair for how you characterize much of his career in New Orleans. Amazing talent, but didn't always dominate the way that someone with that kind of talent should. And you could say that contributed to his poor postseason performances. Not performances, but just showings in terms of the team. Um, I think that has something to do with it. But LeBron James... And like the Lakers organization, actively making sure that he is fed nonstop, that he is fed in crunch time and in garbage time, that he's fed early and he is fed late. That is a conscious effort not to defer to the known quantity, which is LeBron, but to build the what could be, which is AD. And this season, this postseason, After that first game with Portland, which I was really disgusted by, he has not disappointed me. I was disgusted. I don't know about you, Joe. I was disgusted by his performance in that first game. Oh, man, we went off. because. And by the way, so did the whole world. It felt like because – and it's not because – you know, immediately in this world, man, 2020 is such a weird time, right? Like everyone's like, you're just being a hater. No, it's because we expect more out of certain people. And now – he has risen to that occasion. He, yes. he did it in very short order, as a matter of fact. He has, and that's, that goes beyond just the talk. And out of all the things that LeBron James has done in, this, in this, this league as a leader, if AD goes down as one of the greatest of all time, and right now he's not there, he's a great talent, but he's not going down as one of the greatest of all time right There's now. a lot of potential to be one of the greats. There, yes. there is a lot of potential, and if he reaches that potential – he can look back on this moment, yes, being LeBron's teammate in this moment, as a big reason why. Not because of what it did for him in terms of his basketball talent, but what it does for his confidence and his mentality. 
just to kind of paint the picture for people who are listening right now, LeBron James has led every series in scoring that he's played in but two. One of them was Dwayne Wade in that Dallas series, and then Kyrie Irving. Uh, I forget the exact series, but it was in that 2016 run. And look, when you look at his relationship on the floor, right, with those two guys, the other two great super-duper stars that he's played with, because Chris Bosh is a Hall of Fame player, yep. and but he's not, he's not those guys, right, for as great right. as he is. And he look, I think he's one of the more underrated championship players that we've had in recent memory, but that, nonetheless – if you look at Kyrie and LeBron, LZ, those two really just took turns in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where when Kyrie had the ball, LeBron could just relax for a minute and actually take a breath. And there, it, there was times like that with Wade, particularly at the beginning. But then you could see their chemistry, right? Particularly on fast breaks, they were incredible together. And, you know, it was a, a you know a, a living, breathing highlight every time that they played together once they got into sync. And with AD, though, it's the best fit of all of those guys with LeBron. And, and I said that, and you said that right away, that it had the potential to be the best fit immediately just because their skill sets fit. There's not redundancy there, as right. there was maybe with some of those other guys that we mentioned just a second ago. And the other thing I like about AD, LZ, is, you know, and it, it, he talked about this, the other, this in the last you know, couple of days, is that, AD is fulfilling his potential with his mentality, too. You know, he's still upset about missing a very similar look that he got last night. He talked about this, that he was still bent about missing that, that similar shot that he took last night to hit for a game winner. He missed that against Brooklyn in the last game before the restart. Right. And he was lamenting that for God knows how long and kept bringing it up. So in his mind, this kind of gets that off his mind a little bit, too, and it's just incredible the way his mind has changed. And I think some of that is maturity, too. Yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. And I did think about that shot. I thought about two shots. I thought about the miss against Brooklyn. But then I also thought the fact that Kuz hit a three from the opposite side against, against Denver, Denver. Yeah. That won that game. Correct. And I In was the like, bubble. Right. we're too you know, last second three-pointers away from maybe having a losing record against this squad. Mm -hmm. But it's because of this talent on this roster and the depth of the talent on this roster that we're not. And I said it earlier, and I'm going to say it again. This supporting cast, if you will, gets so disrespected. So disrespected. The way they were talking about Alex Caruso last night because he had a dunk. I was like, we know, we've known in Laker Nation that 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 Alex Caruso was a baller for seasons. Yeah. By the way, Alex Caruso, I what, what I put out a tweet yesterday that clearly he's also upset that he didn't get enough MVP votes, and it was like retweeted <laughs> and favorited like seven thousand times. It was pretty hilarious. But I mean, it, it's like, yeah. are you not watching this team? No, why he's good. You, he's a good. Why player. are you shocked that Alex Caruso can hit a breakaway dunk? Yeah, he's a good player. Why are you uh, guys treating it like that? Like yeah. it's, it's it's ridiculous. Coming up next, uh, let's dive into the Rams and Chargers and an interesting stat that you would never think to associate Jared Goff with. I'll just tell you this. He's in some great company. We'll have that for you. 
And I'll have a great Anthony Davis stat. Speaking of clutch time with Anthony Davis coming up in a second as well. Sedano and LZ, we are back in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Jeannie Buss is going to stop by. She's going to join us in 17 minutes at 5 o'clock. Before we get into the football slate from the weekend, particularly with the Rams and Chargers, here's an AD stat for you. AD is now 14 of 29, 48% on shots to tie or take the lead in the final 24 seconds of the game. That is the best field goal percentage among all players since 1997 with more than 25 field goal attempts. So, an Have interesting... You ever seen, when was the last time you've seen a jump shot of his be blocked? Oh, well, I mean, it's so hard because of how his body is shaped, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it really like, is ch- challenging. <laughs> It just really feels like if he misses a shot, it's his fault, not yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, of different body types, Greg Bergman just revealed that uh, he doesn't actually sit on the couch to watch the games. He has a couch and sits on f- on the floor to watch games. Why do you watch games from the floor? Again? It's it's just comfortable for me. I don't know. I always sit right in front of the couch. Okay, on the Greg. Ground. Great answer. Is he ducking you? Is yeah. Ducking you? I'm, I'm. What are you talking about? I've I've. Let me think. I don't hear Greg, by the way. Why can't you hear me? I don't me? hear Greg either, but I'm trying to process this this question. So you have a couch, but you slide off the couch and prefer to actually sit on the ground. Why, Greg? Uh, it's just more comfortable for me. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, now. Why? Oh, okay. Why? okay, how's the floor more comfortable than a couch you paid money for <laughs> to sit down on? I don't because it's, it's I am weird. For it. Maybe he just picked it up on the side of the road. I mean, that's the type of thing I would do, but not this time. But I, I just like sitting on the floor. I have cards in front of me. I play like solitaire during the game, and I just all on the floor. Wait, wait. you play solitaire during the game? Yeah, during the game, yeah. Then why are you watching the game? Because I'm enjoying the game. But why, why, why can't solitaire? I multitask? You don't multitask during games? Well, drinking doesn't really count as a I mean, I try, not, I try to pay attention to the game. I am paying attention to the game. It's in between, like, in commercials and things. I mean, now that I have to watch actual commercials, then, yeah, I have to do it this way. Something to pass the time. But I don't see why this is a problem. A game. What, what, what I am. I, I'm not playing pass. during the game, LZ. Okay, I'm but I, I'm more. I'm more concerned about the floor thing. Like, I, I just why, feel like why you, is you a problem? Have, I don't. It's, I don't know. It's a problem. I'm just, it, like, it wondering. It is a problem, George. Like, it is a problem. You know, are you laying down on the floor because your back hurts, or like what's the point? No, of that? no, I mean I think I started to sit on the floor because my back was hurting, but now it just is comfortable. I just like sitting there. I can stretch my legs out. I can bring them back. You know, if you got rid of your couch, you would have more space to sit on the floor. Right, no, yeah, well, that is I true. Still yes. Like the couch, it's a yeah. big giant couch. You can roll around. Clearly, on you it. don't like it all that much. No, though. not not really during don't. while I'm watching TV or okay. games. All no. right, fair enough. No, um, no, don't don't placate him, George. That's okay, weird. not fair. Why, why is it not? Weird. Why is it? Why is this a problem for you, LZ? Because it's offensive. It's right. offensive to who? To couches. To, to the couch. <laughs> yeah. And all the, and all the furniture designers who spent countless hours trying to make sure it would be an enjoyable experience. I mean, and, why and have your, it? And your bank account. Like you spent money on that couch. Other people sit on the couch. The kids sit on the couch. Okay. The girl sits on the couch. The dog is completely stretched across the couch. Okay. Did you say the girl? Yeah. Did you say the girl sits on the couch. 
I heard that dog. I heard you. What, what are you trying to say? Mm-hmm. I heard uh-huh. that too. I have three. I have three girls in my family. I have. I have my girlfriend. and I have two girl daughters. Okay. So the girls sit on the couch. Fine. Fine. Um, You know who's not sitting on the couch is uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff has been fantastic uh, so far this season. Jared Goff has been. I mean, it really is has been incredible. Here's a stat for you that blew my mind. So there's only two quarterbacks in the NFL thus far through two weeks that have not had a turnover-worthy play. So to explain what a turnover-worthy play is, is a, a throw that is an errant pass that could have been picked off or a fumble that was n- that could have been recovered by anyone but was recovered maybe by the quarterback in that situation or the offense recovered it, you know what I mean, where it wasn't a turnover per se. And those two quarterbacks are Jared Goff, and, of course, the guy who turns the ball over the least in this generation, Aaron Rodgers. So you and I, LZ, talked a lot about Jared Goff's maturation. We talked about mm-hmm. it with Sean McVay, and we're seeing it. His preparation is different. He looks more comfortable in this system, even more so than he did the previous years. And I think that he has adjusted to the talent, or in some cases, lack thereof, around him and has made himself a better player, including a different diet that Lindsay Theory has talked about that has put him in the best shape that he's ever been. Because let's face it, you don't look at him and think he's an Adonis compared to some other guys because he's tall and lanky, but he does look more comfortable back there. Well, first of all, um, it's important to reiterate that the Rams did not come into the season as a bad team. No. A lot of people thought they were going to be bad. A lot of people assumed they were going to win like five or six games this season. I'm not among them. I don't think you were among them. I know Mason wasn't was among them because we knew the truth. And the truth is, is that there were times in which the Rams last season fluctuated between good and mediocre, mm-hmm. which is still a long way from being bad. Correct. And there should be no surprise at all about the start that the Rams have had in general or Jared Goff had specifically because he was never a bad QB under Sean McVay. He might have been mediocre at times, but you can elevate mediocre. If you're bad, you can only elevate mediocre or bad to mediocre. But we've seen Jared Goff be great, so we know what he's capable of. I'm not surprised at all by this stat, George. At all. All because I never bought into this notion that Jared Goff was a only a product of a Sean McVay, and I certainly didn't buy into the, the idea that this team wasn't a good team heading to the season. We didn't play great last year. We played good, and sometimes we were mediocre. The year before that, we were great, and because of that dip from great to good, people started assuming we were bad. But there's a long way to being bad. I know personally because I'm a Detroit Lions fan. <laughs> what bad is, yes. I know intimately yeah. what bad is. Yeah. The Rams never looked bad. They yeah. looked mediocre at worst last season. Yeah, I, I would say this. I also know what bad looks like because I've been a Dolphins fan for the you know my, my life and the last 20 years since Dan Marino retired have not been kind. At least, um, you, had a, at least you had a Dan Marino. Yeah, I did I've have never that. had a Dan Marino. Yeah. I yeah. only had the no, never yeah. the Dan Marino. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, I will say this, Justin Herbert. Not bad. I mean, look, I know it's his first game, but he led a 79-yard drive on the first possession, right? Scored a touchdown, ran it in. Look, he had rookie moments, but on the flip side, I thought that kid looked good, and I, I look at him and I say, yeah, 
I get why they drafted him number six overall. I don't know why he lasted that long. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, his first start wasn't even planned. Right. And it came against the defending Super Bowl champions. And yeah. not just any defending Super Bowl champions, a team that many people think might be on the verge of a dynasty. Correct. And he comes in and he doesn't just play okay or well. Given the team that he was facing and the conditions in which he was facing them, I thought he was great yesterday. He was great. He wasn't supposed to be that good. No, no, no. But the Chargers have played the Chiefs tight uh, recently, so I, I think that, that their defense is still really good, with even without Derwin James. But uh, I'm curious to see the development because Tyrod Taylor is, or Tyrod Taylor is going to be week to week with his chest injury and he was in the hospital and, and it looks like they're, you know, everything is going to be okay, but they're going to have to figure that out. And, and Herbert may get trotted out. The Herbert era may start sooner than we think. So my, my sources tell me that um, there have been some unnamed people in the Chargers organization who have ordered some pizzas from um, Utah to be sent to Tyrod Taylor. And he may or may not be healthy next week either. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see how that works out. All right, Jeannie Buss is going to join us in nine minutes. We will talk to the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers. We got what you need to know coming up in a second. We will be back in three minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Jeannie Buss going to join us in a couple of minutes here. Set to join us, the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. LZ, the big story in the NFL this weekend is injuries. It is the biggest story. Names like Nick Boza, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Drew Locke, Jimmy G, among others, were hurt. And, uh, man, it was just a rough week. No preseason. And this was what some people worried would happen. And here we are. Yeah, I'm not quite sure to blame all of this on a lack of a preseason. Um, the names that are mentioned certainly are game-changing names, and it's really unfortunate, especially if you're a team like you know the 49ers that really thought you had a chance to, to go back to the Super Bowl and all of a sudden you lose your horse like that yeah. so early on. But I don't know what caused this rash of quirky injuries, but – I don't think he was about missing the preseason. I mean, Chris McCaffrey sprained an ankle. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, that that's just bad. So, that is that's bad just, luck. Some of them are bad luck. Bad luck. Exactly. Some of them are exactly. bad luck. Yeah. Some of them are bad luck for sure. Uh, speaking Shouts of. I'll tell you, McCaffrey, by the way, I saw the GQ pictures. <laughs> Sticking with football, Ed Orgeron. You may remember him. Uh, LSU head coach. Yeah, played uh, or coached at USC for a very long time. He did a 60 Minutes interview this past weekend, and said that USC didn't hire him because of his accent and, quote, I'm not a country club guy. What do you make of that? That's what I've been hearing. Yeah. I mean, my, in, in all the reporting that I've been doing in regards to that situation, many sources, many sources, and I mean more than five, right. uh, on that campus told me exactly that, right. that he didn't sound right. And every time someone said that to me, I was like going, what kind of dumbass bloop? 
right. of a metric is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't sound the part? What is this? Like, this isn't, like, you're not casting a, a, a Broadway musical. What do you mean he didn't sound the part? Right. Can he coach or not? Can he coach or not? Right. <laughs> and yeah. I think we got the answer to that. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just was, yeah, it's incredible that that happens, especially because of the way people feel about poor Clay. You know what I'm saying? So there's, there's that part of the equation, too. So... Good Lord. But anyway, uh, next, and uh, we have one more stat for you. We have the Lakers. Now, you and I kind of referenced this briefly yesterday. The Lakers are 3-0, LZ Granderson, in the playoffs when wearing the black Mamba uniforms in these playoffs. And, again, it took an Anthony Davis buzzer beater to keep that up. Fra Frank Vogel said this, quote, that's a shot that Kobe Bryant would hit of AD's winner. And he's not wrong. And the trend continues, and it's a good trend for the Lakers in that regard. It absolutely is a great trend. And while, you know, a lot of people might, you know, be consumed with the fact that the Lakers gave up a 16-point lead and were actually trailing before that shot, Yeah. Um, I will simply say this. The Clippers also gave up a 16-point lead, but the Lakers found out how to win despite doing that. <laughs> so right. that should let you know there's there's a difference between being in a tough situation and pulling through and being in a tough situation and falling apart. By the way, you're listening to KSB in Los Angeles. Again, Jeannie Buss, the governor of the Los Angeles Lakers, will join us shortly here. We're expecting her any moment. Um, you know, we, you and I have spent a lot of time today and, you know, talking about AD, talking about LeBron, talking about Rondo, right, talking about everyone. We didn't really talk enough about Frank Vogel, and I feel like he likes it that way. I, I feel like I've been around him enough to get the sense that he's totally fine being in the background, and I think he kind of enjoys it that way. But, man, he deserves a lot of credit, specifically for this reason, Elsie, because the backbone of this Los Angeles Lakers team, for as unbelievable as LeBron James is, for as unbelievable as Anthony Davis is, for as good a group as they have that gets along the way they do and the type of camaraderie and chemistry and all the things that they have, Frank Vogel's defensive mindset that he instilled very early on in training camp is a big, 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 big reason as to why the Lakers have this kind of success. Yeah. I mean, what's one of the things that when you look at the entire construction of the team from a coaching perspective, George, there's a lot of guys on that, on that bench who preach or played with defense. Lion Hoddles, Jason Kidd, and Frank Vogel, these are all defensive-minded men. And when you bring in AD and he tells you early on his goal is to win Defensive Player of the Year, and you have LeBron, who's made it to several defensive teams. You have Rondo, several defensive teams. You have Danny, defensive teams. You have you have Caruso, who in terms of metrics might be the best running mate in terms of defense metrics. Right. His real plus LeBron minus, James. fourth in the NBA in real plus minus, Alex Caruso. I mean, yeah, fantastic I mean, stuff. You're talking about a squad that loves to play defense probably more than they love to play offense. Yeah, and Frank deserves a lot of credit, for as long, obviously with the players as well, Absolutely. but he really instilled that very early on. It's time to go to the Celebrity Hotline here, presented by Morongo. Play it safe. 
good times. The governor of your Los Angeles Lakers after that big win yesterday. Jeannie Buss joins us here on Sedano and LZ here on 710 ESPN. Jeannie, thank you so much for the time. Hope you and yours are all safe and healthy. Congrats on the win, and I want to thank you. For, I want to thank you for a couple of things. Thank you, number one, for giving us uh, a lot of good things to talk about this season. And also, mm -hmm. thank you for introducing me, at least, to Sincoro Tequila, thanks to you and Michael Jordan and that uh, uh, the, 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 the documentary. But I'll ask, this is the question I have for you, okay? Okay. What was it like at your house, or wherever you were watching this game, watching Anthony Davis hit that crazy shot to win the game last night? Um, I let out a scream that I didn't even know I was capable of. It was, my dog looked at me like, what is going on? It, that was, it was such his reaction. And it, that shot was, it was nothing but net. It was the perfect shot. It was really a, a special moment that all Laker fans, I just wish it would have been at Staples Center instead of, you know, so far away, but. That was exciting. That moment, though, the Lakers were up 16, and the Denver Nuggets, as they've done all postseason long, chipped away, chipped away, chipped away, and made it a game. As the Nuggets were chipping away at our lead, what was going through your mind? Um, you know, I, I, you know. <laughs> I'm just like every other fan watching the game. And, and, you know, there was, you know, a few momentum swings and then, you know, but watching that Nuggets team um, come back from um, being down three to one, that that's a team that doesn't give up all the credit to them. You know, what a, a really great bunch of players they have and, and never gave up and kept fighting. And when they were chipping away at the lead, um, you know, it was worrisome and, you know, um, you know, they, they just pulled it through. So I was like everybody else just excited, but, but no, we're, this series is far from over. Yeah, no, no question about that. Jeannie Buss, the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers, with us here on 710 ESPN. I needed a drink after that one. Like, it was that crazy that I, uh, I, I was like, you know what? I need an adult beverage. But You waited until afterwards? I did, I did. I did wait until afterwards. But Jeannie and I uh, were drinking during the game. <laughs> it was a Sincoro moment. <laughs> Absolutely. It was a Sincoro moment. Uh, Jeannie... You know, what is more nerve-wracking? And you've done something that is more courageous than anything I've ever done uh, in this sense. Um, watching these games, which is more nerve-wracking? Watching these games from afar or you courageously attempting stand-up comedy? Because I feel like both are really nerve-wracking. Um, yes, that, I mean, <laughs> it's, I guess I, I like to, um, you know, challenge myself. And I think, you know, in, in my business i'm not i'm not a funny person but everybody can learn to be funnier and so i had heard about a class that you could take and um it was something that was on my bucket list of things to do and i you know i i i did my open mic so i could say i did it but i really enjoyed it and like i said i think that um in life humor is such a useful tool to help us cope with stress. Um, it allows us to bond over laughter and, and helps us kind of 
talk about things that um, sometimes are, are sensitive through humor and, you know, kind of letting down our guards and, you know, finding a, a common place where we can all laugh about something. Learn about yourself during that process. Um, I learned that. <laughs> um, I, I learned that you know when you when you try something new, it's. I think it's it's uplifting. It's um, you know just a, a challenge, and not that that would be something that I would go and do full time. I would never make it as a professional comedian. I admire comedians so much because that has to be the most vulnerable place to be on stage with a microphone, all eyes on you. Um, So, you know, I learned about myself and that I I could push my boundaries and that I could, um, you know, do something that, you know, scared me to death. Jeannie Buss with us here, the governor of your Los Angeles Lakers on 710 ESPN. Uh, Look, you've watched a lot of Laker basketball, obviously, in your life, uh, more than almost anyone, maybe. Um, How much fun are you having right now watching this particular team kind of grow as they have throughout the season? Um, I'm having such a great time watching them. Uh, You know, this new coaching staff and, you know, their ability to bring out the best in every player and, and watching Anthony Davis, um, you know, the joy he has in playing and winning that game and, and, you know, being back in the playoffs, um, you know, I'd forgotten what that was like. It had been seven years, which is hard to believe. And, you know, it's been 10 years since we've been this far in the playoffs. So it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's brought back a lot of great memories of some great Laker teams that we've had over the last, um, you know, 20 years.